Warning. The Return to Snakeland podcast contains descriptions of sexual assault, rape, suicide, and murder. If you feel there is any possibility of triggering, please listen with caution. O'Brien, and it's time to return to Snakeland. I'm Jason Gussman, and this is episode three, in which we discuss the reopening of the Kathy Harold cold case in 2007, and the accompanying assumption which has dogged the investigation ever since. Aaron, in 2007, the the Kathy Harold murder case was reopened. Uh, It was reopened by a town of Tonawanda, cold case detective, a guy by the name of Brian Moline. Mm-hmm. Um, although it was never stated outright, it was apparent from like local news articles and things along those lines that they were attempting to link Kathy's murder to Altimio Sanchez, who was known as the bike path rapist right. or the bike path killer. And at the time, that all seemed to make perfect sense. Uh, it seemed to connect the dots. But we're going to mm-hmm. get into the, the the real flesh and the meat of all this, and we'll find out that, yeah, it looks like it on paper, but when you start putting it all together, it's not quite as clear as they originally thought. But everyone had high hopes at, mm-hmm. at the moment. So Certainly. Yeah, I mean, and it, there is a good deal of circumstantial evidence. But as we'll talk about later, there just comes a point where uh, unless Sanchez was willing to accept his guilt for this murder, uh, nothing more was going to happen. But uh, anyhow, um, Aaron and I actually came to the decision to uh, go into the background of Altimio Sanchez reluctantly, um, mainly because it's it's uh, the cases. His case is, is really unseemly. It's it's just it's just an incredibly depressing, frankly. It's it's, it's not a good story. It's it's no. not it's there's no romanticism by recounting it. Uh, no. There's nothing. There's no. We don't take any joy in it. It's just it's something yeah. that's connected to Kathy Harold, and I I personally think the guy is about the worst kind of scum you could possibly get out mm-hmm. there. But absolutely. Un- but unfortunately. It kind of ties into the tapestry that we're telling here. And mm-hmm. we, and like you said, we, at first we didn't even want to talk about him other than a cursory, just like he, you know, this, this guy existed. But then we realized that some people might not know much about, uh, and, and Timio Sanchez and, and what he did and his crimes. 
So that's so that's what we're going to give you here. Um, and we don't like going through the whole history because, unfortunately, just due to the nature of some of uh, Altimio Sanchez's upbringing, it, we skirt the possibility of uh, creating sympathy for this person. And that is not something we have any interest in doing at all. But uh, we're going to give you the facts. And, and then, obviously, we're also going to talk a bit about why we don't believe and why a number of other people don't believe that Sanchez was Kathy's uh, murderer. Right. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get started, Aaron. Uh, just uh, Sanchez came with his mother uh, from Puerto Rico to America in 1960 when he was two years old. She apparently left Altimio's father because he was having an affair with a prostitute. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's just the start. Uh, it was an awful childhood. Uh, mother was an alcoholic. Uh, his mother uh, physically abused Sanchez. Mother's boyfriend physically abused Sanchez and also sexually abused Sanchez for years, apparently. And and again, you know, um, this is this is all you know. This, it's terrible stuff. I wouldn't wish it on anybody. But the fact is, is that Sanchez always had a choice, you know, right. in, in terms right. of what what he was going to do with the trauma that he experienced and the choices that he made were um, unacceptable. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. He took it. He took it to a different direction where instead of getting help during junior high. Altimio's mother told him that he was a mistake and that she had tried to terminate her pregnancy. No, it's not something you want to hear him say. No, no. And it it certainly makes sense. Uh, Sanchez began having blackouts in high school, periods when he would not remember anything that had happened. Is that a a common thing? Is that just a trauma-like? kind of thing happening right there is that is that something i mean you're you're more trained in psychology than me well yeah but it just i think i think blackouts in general are definitely are definitely a a sure sign of repression in one sense or the other repression of an event or something along those lines um the way the way i kind of read it there it, it kind of indicated that what you know, Sanchez's mother had told him was was like a, a causative factor with the blackouts. But I, I, I really just think it was kind of um, to do with all the all the trauma when he was when he was young. Uh, they don't return to that later on. They don't talk about it in terms of his adult life. That's pretty much where it, uh, where it happened. Then was in uh, was in high school. Yeah. Um, his uh, engagement in acts of sexual abuse or assault may have begun during this time. It is thought by some that Sanchez's first attacks may have begun as early as 1975. There's a lot of back and forth about this, about when he began uh, forcing himself upon women, when he started using like frottage, you know, rubbing up against them to achieve orgasm, and then when that became actual uh, penetrative rape. But either way, uh, 1977, he graduates from Grover Cleveland High School. And things become more definite here. His engagement in acts of active sexual assault definitely began this year. It's thought that Sanchez was engaging in fraudage at this point and was not committing penetrative rape until 1981. In 1978, uh, Sanchez was married. 
And then a couple years later, unfortunately, we get the 1981 rape in Delaware Park in Buffalo by the statue of David. Uh, Sanchez told some victims to refer to him as David. Uh, and then we have 1983. Uh, Sanchez took a job at the American Brass uh, on Military Road in Kenmore, uh, less than a city block away from Snakeland, and three more rapes in Delaware Park by the statue of, of David. So, um, <clears throat> so just a couple of things for landscape. Mm-hmm. Yes, American Brass is you know uh, maybe a good ten minute walk uh, from Snakeland, so that's mm-hmm. real close. Uh, Delaware mm-hmm. Park, not as close. Um, it's, uh, it's a, you know, probably a good, I don't know, maybe 10 minute mm-hmm. drive, maybe not quite, but around there. And, mm-hmm. um, statue of David is perched up above Hoyt Lake and mm-hmm. right by, uh, the Kensington Expressway. So, um, mm-hmm. there is a bunch of bushes and undergrowth around that yeah. area too. So a bit of a hill. You know, yeah. going down towards the uh, towards Hoyt Lake, so uh, a lot of places to to hide. Uh, yeah, to hide, so, right? Yeah. 1984, three rapes, different uh, locations. Only one in Delaware Park. Uh, one fought back after he put his gu- uh, he put his gun down and mm-hmm. hit him on the head with it. Supposedly, uh, supposedly, why Sanchez started using ligatures later, Garotes or Garotes. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it, you're starting to see some things, you know, obviously he's a creature of habit in terms of the, uh, the rapes in Delaware park, but now we're starting to see some changes. And one of them is specific that he, it was, he was holding the, uh, the woman at gunpoint and, and again, and put it down and she, and she, you know, smacked him upside the head, which, mm-hmm. you know, very well, uh, very well, you know, might have uh, led to her release, but uh, you know, we don't, we don't know. Apparently, this is why he decided to change his tactics at this point. So, right, 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 yeah. Nineteen eighty-five, Kathy Harold's murder occurred during this period. If Sanchez did kill Kathy, she would have been the only recorded rape or murder so close to American Brass. She would have been the first murder committed by Sanchez, which would have been reactive, frantic murder. Murder mm-hmm. is a serious line to cross, even for a rapist, and did not show signs. Kathy was not partially undressed or undressed at all, as with the other three murders. Okay, so there's there's a lot there's a lot to unpack here. The very idea of Sanchez working at American Brass and then uh, killing a young woman so close to his workplace uh it it, it's it's striking because there's no other rape or murder that happens anywhere close to american brass i mean and i'm assuming at that point he was most probably trying to protect his anonymity protect his job he's going out as far as he so you know he is going out of his way to go to delaware park before and Mm. then um you know if he's doing it so close then it you know like they could maybe trace it back to him, possibly. Right. Right. So. right. And he's he, he doesn't seem to be one to be taking a lot of chances. I mean, unfortunately, that's probably why he was an active rapist for so long. But but the uh, one of the reasons that was brought up by somebody else about why a uh, first murder would not have looked like Kathy Harrell's murder is that the very idea that it's reactive and frantic. Um, this guy's a rapist. 
you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's ultimately his goal. If he couldn't rape, then he'd kill. Right. But the first time that somebody murders, even again for a disgusting rapist, that there that there's a there's a line that they have to cross. Okay. You know, right. that yeah, they, yeah. they've obviously found something inside themselves to justify rape. But to actually kill, you're you know, you're going towards you know, something that you didn't expect to. And that you're gonna see in a case like that a murder that is at least I've been led to believe just just a mess of of um, wounds, you know, um, you know the, the the whole thing, you know. I right, because especially if 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 it seems like Kathy was putting up a fight, if the if rape mm-hmm. was the intent, then why wasn't you know why wasn't there more damage done to her uh, her body? Because sure. of that, you know, so and we didn't see that. So and uh, it, it just makes you wonder why I, I, it, it makes sense why they would make that connection with the with the, you know, the choking and the ligature. But mm-hmm. the rest of it kind of just falls apart because he does try to clear away from his workplace and any place that he uh, that he was around in and his personal life, too. He never seemed to want to even get close to any of that. You know, he kept everything it was two separate lives. Oh yes. Oh yes. No, no, no. I, I completely agree. You know, it was definitely that sense of like, Oh, I'm the, I don't even know what the hell he was coach of. You know, I'm the football coach. I'm, I'm this, you know, I think it was baseball or baseball. There you go. Okay. Okay. But also just to keep, just to keep that, that part of his life intact. Yeah. Makes sense to me. So, yeah. Uh, 1986, there's two rapes, both using ligature. So, 1988 we have a whole two years gap there's one rape mm-hmm. 1989 three rapes one at Elka Creek bike path so Elka Creek is north it's more by uh, the North University of Buffalo uh, yes. campus yes so it's very close to that actually I think it ties into all that so and a lot of a lot of people riding their bikes a lot of people jogging so absolutely. Uh, so, and this is why he got kind of labeled as the bike path rapist, even though that wasn't the only place he, he, uh, did his crimes. Uh, 1990, uh, one unrelated rape, then the rape and murder of Linda Yelm. Yelm, you got Yelm. it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. First, uh, first acknowledged murder by Sanchez. Yalom was strangled to death, body found partially clothed in the Pacific way. Uh, a coworker at American Brass expressed suspicion about Sanchez being around the bike path. Amherst police surveilled Sanchez, who was in, uh, interviewed by Amherst police in early 1991, to no real effect. So, so yeah, that would be like the first actual anybody really getting getting closer closer to him afterwards. Um, I'm sorry I didn't make it clear in the um, in the narrative here, but. Uh, this this manner in which the body was found partially clothed in a very specific way, I remembered that being um, with basically one leg still in pants okay. and the other leg removed from. Um, I don't know if that was also how uh, how he dealt with his uh, his rapes. Um, okay. 1992, uh, Sanchez's second murder, uh, Marhan Mazer, raped and murdered, partially clothed in the same manner as Linda Yalom. 
Uh, Sanchez knew this victim. She was a prostitute that Sanchez had frequented in the past. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what that means. You know, I mean, as far as his, his MO, you know, because it just seems like over time, uh, what he ends up doing changes from, let's say, year to year or whatever. I mean, but right. why he would, why he would choose someone who was um, closer to him, some way? Yeah, yeah, close enough to be able to recognize him. You yeah. know, and then, and then, of course, we get to the what's always the eternal question about about rape. You know, which is like, you know, she's a prostitute. Why didn't you just pay her right. to have sex with you? But then we get into the whole very idea of, you know, this this being about um, power, you know, and which, yeah. which rape is always about power. And from what I understand, I mean, with serial killers, I mean, it's not quite the same, but it's he's becoming one, obviously, uh, is that they they get out of control. You know, like they, they, they think that they, nobody can catch him after a while. And they, and they start, mm-hmm. they, at first, like you, we see him, he's very, he's playing very conservative on his, his, his actions. And mm-hmm. then next he starts going a little bit out, like out of the boundaries that he's probably set for himself. No, I I agree completely. I mean, and, and, it, and I think because a lot of times too, it's because the, uh, the excitement, that comes with it in taking these chances. Um, example uh, here, uh, Linda Yalom, they, uh, they began a, you know, I don't know how many K it was, but a run in her honor every okay. year yeah. after her murder. Sanchez would uh, take part, yeah. He'd get his number, and he ran in the... He ran in the, uh, you know, the, the run in her honor. So he- even that just making a mockery of yeah. of yeah. them trying to memorialize Yalom. Oh sure, oh sure, and I think I think we can say pretty pretty securely that that his his intention there was you know some sort of thrill. Again, it's like oh, there's the softball coach, but you know yeah. in reality, I'm a fucking rapist murderer. So yeah, you know, there it, you go. It, it it just just makes it even worse because like, it's like you already <laughs> did a terrible crime. And mm-hmm. killed this woman, raped her, and then now you're you're ruining the memory just by being part of some, a memorial run for her. You know, so like, oh, what the hell? It's just so sick. And there's yeah. no like, you know, even even there isn't even any kind of damaged like glamour to it. Like you'll find with like other serial killers, it's just boring and disgusting. It's the fucking worst. I'm sorry. I, I really don't enjoy this part. No, I don't talk. At no, it's, it's, this whole at subject all. is like turning my oh, subject. Yeah. God. Yeah. All right. Well, we're almost done, though. So yeah. so that part's cool. All right. Here we go. Uh, 1994, uh, raped a 14-year-old girl. Believe she was Sanchez's youngest victim. Okay, moving on. 1995 through 2004. That's a really long time. That's nearly 10 years. Yeah. Period of no recorded activity. No rapes, no murders. Nothing on the books, nothing admitted to. 05 to 06, Sanchez's mother dies and Sanchez's father dies. Well, that, should no, have been I, good, that should have been good news for him, right? You would think. You would yeah. think. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Maybe maybe his, his relationship with his dad was a little bit more vague you know and, and frankly i don't know if he ever came here 
from Puerto Rico. But yeah, but the fact of his mother dying is you would feel, you know, would 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 probably be positive. So right, right. Um Anyways, we'll wrap it up. Sanchez's third murder, Joan Diver, strangled to death but not raped. Body found partially clothed by the Clarence, New York bike path. Sanchez was thereafter dubbed the bike path killer until caught. Um, and Joan, Joan Diver was the last. And those were the three that, that uh, Sanchez had admitted to was Yalom, uh, Mazer, and, uh, and Diver. Um, and then in 2007, uh, police make DNA matches with a drop of sweat in Diver's car. Arrest Sanchez, who confesses to all three murders. Sentenced to 75 years, which is, you know, of course, life essentially at that point. And he is currently at Clinton Correctional. The, the reason that this, is, this was brought up, the reason that all the stuff was, uh, you know, came out in the news and things, was there were some apparent similarities between... Joan Diver's murder, the last victim, and the murder of Kathy Harold. Okay, even though Kathy would have predated uh, Sanchez's first murder, there are, right. there are similarities. So, right, right, right. Um, no further charges were levied at Sanchez, and he did not confess to Kathy's murder. This guy, uh, Dennis Delano, who I, as I understand it, and please correct me, Aaron, was the uh, was the head detective. Um, yeah. He's- San- yeah. Right, he was, and he did a lot of cold case work too, as well. Mm, okay, okay, that I didn't know. All right, basically, uh, in interviews and things, uh, when it was brought to him, you know, did he think that Sanchez had killed Kathy? He said that it wasn't him, and so she wasn't undressed in the same way that the other murders were, as we had talked about with the uh, with with the pants with only one leg taken out of the uh, of 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 the garment. You know, that that hadn't happened. You know, Kathy definitely wasn't sexually assaulted unless somebody was giving out uh, misinformation, which is always possible. Right. Sure. But she was she was not, to our knowledge, sexually assaulted. The one thing, oddly enough, uh, Kathy was beaten about the face and head and no other Sanchez victims were. Uh, Mm -hmm. That just wasn't wasn't something for whatever reason he frequently did. Frankly, uh, neither of us think it was Sanchez either. Uh, no, does, I, yeah, doesn't doesn't really match up, and especially no. if he if he says that Yalom was or admits that Yalom was his his uh, first killing. Uh, mm-hmm. Why wouldn't he have said there was somebody else before Yalom? Or I don't know. It, it just seems odd that that he would he would suppress this, but then you know admit yeah. to everything else. Other people have said, I guess, that um, due to the uh, statute of limitations, that he could still do more time if he admitted to Kathy's murder, as opposed to like multiple rapes where there, the statute of limitations would have expired. But again, if we're talking about 75 years for somebody who's over 50 uh, with no chance of parole. Yeah, he's not I really now. Yeah, yeah I, I just I just don't see that being something worth discussing, really. Right, you know what right. I mean? It's just like why would he why would he care, you know? Yeah, at this point. And, right. uh, yeah, yeah. And and again, you know, we, we did we did run to that idea of uh Sanchez being an opportunistic murderer and that he only killed when he couldn't rape. You know, rape was primary. 
Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what that's what he was there to do. He he was yeah. obviously, uh, you know, like we've talked before his past. He was a victim of sexual abuse, probably some sort of rape, and himself. Mm-hmm. And then he decides to revisit that, uh, making himself the assailant instead of the victim. And uh, yeah. you know, I I can't quite understand how that works, but you know. That's I, just it, minds get twisted. That's all I can say, you know. Well, sure, and I think I think that you you actually, I mean, you know, I don't have a whole heck of a lot of underpinning to give that, but I I pretty much believe that too. That when you when you are essentially made to be the victim of something that traumatic, you have to make a conscious decision not to you know perpetuate you know, that, that culture of rape or whatever you want to call it, you know, it's just, uh, you have to, you have to try to be a person that isn't scum and he didn't try, you know, sorry. No, no, he didn't try. He he created Like we said before, he created these two separate personas. Obviously one was the person that everyone's like, he's the softball coach, the guy at work, the husband and probably family guy. That every, and everyone from all reports was like, I can't believe he was this person. <laughs> yep. And yep. then there's this other monster that's lurking beyond, you know, under the surface. And he's out there, you know, striking when who knows what what made him decide to go and do these things, you know. Right. Right. Like so. what, what what made him move and in, go into action. So that's that's mm-hmm. nobody can nobody can know. I mean, maybe unless he he spelled it out completely, so sure. that was, that's the only way we would know. So. And he's not; he doesn't appear to be uh, interested in that at all. No. You know, I know that some you know serial murderers or whatever, you know, like they you know they get a thrill off of that shit, but it's that's that's apparently not his his deal. You know, we got through that. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's the unfortunate. That's the unfortunate part that we have to talk about. I don't, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just it's it's part of the story. It's not really we don't believe it's connected to Kathy, but other people did. Yep, they certainly still, did. Actually, and some people still do, honestly. Mm-hmm. Well, it's that it's that misapprehension we were talking about because there was so much publicity for a very very brief period in 2007 that this was Kathy's murder that you'll still see on social media when it does come up in various boards, various groups that people say like, oh, yeah, I thought Sanchez did that. No f- charges were levied against Sanchez for Kathy's murder, and he did not confess mm-hmm. to Kathy's murder. He was convicted and, and tried and, mm-hmm. and put in prison. There's no reason why Kathy wasn't attached to one of Sanchez's victims. Mm. So that's that's one of the things that we're like, why if this is a home run, why isn't why isn't why don't we have this like pegged on to his convictions and and he Mm -hmm. uh, being punished for it? Certainly, certainly. And that and that that, you just that that was the, the, the missing piece that really that really stung, you know, just in the respect that when it was reopened. You know, like you said, Aaron, it was pretty much this is a slam dunk, right? I mean, they're going to they're going to, you know, there's going to be an answer at the end of this story. And unfortunately, there there never was. And it seems very similar to me in the same respect that the articles about Kathy Harold 
uh, initially just kind of petered out by the end of 1985 with no real, you know, uh, there was no new discovery or, you know, new effort made after that time period. It was the same with the 2007 um, reopening, you know, just in the respect that when it was when it was it was a uh, time really to uh, to put up or shut up. They just had nothing, and uh, it was just very, very sad and very very unfortunate. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, like I said before, and you're saying is like when it, when this came up in 2007, it seemed like this was this was it, like this is mm-hmm. the connection and this is going to be solved, and sure. all of a sudden we just didn't hear anything else. It just kind of was left there, and people were like, "Well, what happened?" And um, unfortunately, it, it just—I I feel like we're in a situation here where, you know, although this is a, a true crime podcast, that there's not this—this this isn't Altimio Sanchez's story. You know, this is right. this is Kathy Harold's story. This is the story of the other the other victims in, involved in the, the various situations uh, in Kenmore in 1985, 1986. This is an article from the Buffalo News. Uh, in 2007, actually September 23rd, 2007, could Sanchez have killed a fourth time? Joan Diver slaying led to the reopening of 1985 case. A train crew. Oh, I'm sorry. Before we begin this, what I'd like to say is that what's interesting about this article, as opposed to pretty much all the other ones that that we've we've read on on the podcast thus far, is that. It's the first that is overly uh, sympathetic to Kathy. Uh, the, the other ones really seem to just just deal with her very, very just coldly or perfunctory, you know, in, in, in that way. Uh, but uh, this one, at least, you know, dealing with her like a human being. And uh, and it really it really it really shows. So we're going to even though it's a little bit on the long side, we're going to go through the whole bit. So a train crew first saw the body. Lying across the CSX tracks just inside the Kenmore border with Buffalo, a half mile from what was then called the American Brass Plant on Military Road. She appeared almost doll like, a young teenage girl dressed in a t shirt, blue jeans, and cowboy boots. There was a deep gash over one eye, an angry red line circled her neck. A similar mark was gouged into the back of her hand as if she had got it inside the garrote her killer used to strangle her. Her name was Catherine Harold, 15, a freshman at Kenmore West High School. She was the daughter of Donald G. Harold, the Buffalo Museum of Science director, who had died the year before on an excursion in Mexico, and his wife Elaine, an archaeologist and professor at Buffalo State College. Town of Tonawanda detectives spent months investigating the July 1st, 1985 murder, but never solved it. Her family felt police had written off her killing. One cop telling them she was a rebellious kid who was in the wrong place at the wrong time. You know, that is like really awful. Yeah. To, yeah. to, to a mother, you know, that your kid was in the wrong place in the wrong time and, and, you know, tough luck. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty outlandish. And I, I think I, I've heard, uh, I think, I think, uh, Kathy's sister actually quotes her, uh, quotes the, the cop directly at one point, whoever the cop was, 
Um, but yeah, no, it's definitely like a blame the victim thing that's that was happening with Kathy, and and that lasted even uh, even to this day. Um, at the at the beginning of uh, of two thousand twenty, uh, we had the uh, the case supposedly opened again by the uh, the Buffalo DA. Still, when he was he was speaking about Kathy uh, on the you know the local news station, uh, he was saying a lot about you know she was a wild girl and she was she was you know hanging out in places where she shouldn't have and it's it's just again it's it's blaming the victim it's just uh, at the very least even though they they brought this up here uh, the article itself goes on to uh, to take a much as I said to take a much more um, you know kind of holistic view of uh, of kathy so let me i'll go i'll pick up this article here and it says where that's where it stood for two decades until joan diver was killed last september 29th on the bike path near her home in clarence suddenly the kathy harold murder investigation reopened by the town of tonawana cold case detective brian moline had the most promising leads in decades could Sanchez be responsible for a fourth murder? And at this point, you know, it's like if we're going to if we're going to pull, you know, Moline in, into this, you know, um, it, I mean, he's got he's got to be the you know, he's he's our guy. You know, I mean, he's the one who's going to have the information that's going to going to make this worthwhile. Right. You know, yeah. because, there's you know, there's no reason there's no reason they're going to reopen unless. And at this point, it's all about Sanchez. So. The way I see it, looking at the other crimes he committed, Moline said, there are similarities that cannot be ignored and have to be investigated, such as Sanchez's murder victims, Diver, Linda Yalom, and Mahane Mazur, and some of those he raped, also had been subdued using a garrot. Sanchez was a machinist who worked the night shift at American Brass, a short distance from where Kathy was found, and police had long thought the bike path killer worked there because some of his crimes had occurred near the plant. Sanchez struck before on the same rail line in the riverside section of Buffalo. And and not just a, a couple things, points on this, that uh, mm-hmm. what you just covered. So American Brass is literally, you know, maybe a mile, maybe less, a mile and a half away very mm-hmm. short, and it's on the same train tracks that lead directly to Snakeland. Right. So it's a direct path. So you, all you have to do is walk walk to Snakeland. So it seems like it would be very, very close and very easy for a guy like Sanchez to be walking in the train tracks sometime at night and then just to strike and do as, what awful thing he wants to do. Mm-hmm. So it would mm-hmm. make sense that people would think like, oh, this must be Kathy's murder. But like you said, it doesn't really match up with his uh, with how he handled his previous victims or or mm-hmm. his future victims for that matter. And then uh, it also it seemed odd too because you think that if all those kids were back in that area too, you might not want to be hanging out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I mean, maybe and not not to do what he wanted to do. So there's maybe too many, two chances of getting caught. Too, too. Uh, there's too many chances of getting caught there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. Uh, you and I, have, you know, we're we're laughing about the articles with the uh, the ninety kids at Snakeland yeah. during this time period. And although we can we can all agree that was probably 
a uh, a bit of an exaggeration. Uh, it's still any kids would probably be enough to you know to scare away this rapist. Next, it says here Sanchez did not sexually assault Joan Diver. Police believe it may have been uh, because Diver fought him so hard. Mm. Kathy Harrell also was not sexually assaulted. In her wounds indicate a similar fight with her attacker. Sanchez left an abrasion along Joan Driver's jawline that ended with a deep bruising. Moline met with detectives on the Bike Path Rapist Task Force after Sanchez's arrest and presented his findings. Okay. Yeah. So we're seeing a little bit a little bit of difference between Joan Diver and Kathy Harold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it just again it, it just seems like at this point it, there's there's no way to to take it one way or the other. You know, it's it's very the circumstances lend itself to the bike path rapist narrative. So mm-hmm. that's that's what they're going with. You know, and and again as 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 you said, you know, geographically and you know with with different elements of the uh, the murders of both Diver and Harold, then you are looking at some similarities. Mullins said he sent a number of items, including the blood-stained shirt Kathy Harold wore, to the FBI and Erie County Central Police Services labs to see if there is any DNA from the attacker. There is no prosecutable case until that evidence is present, said Erie County District Attorney at the time, Frank J. Clark. I, I mean, I, I, I feel bad, but that's, that's, pretty much, that's pretty much it in a nutshell, is just they send off uh, the physical evidence, and it doesn't come back with any kind of a match. It's over. You know, right, they're, I right. mean, they're saying there is no prosecutable case. And right. I, I know that it's, it's very, very difficult to, uh, to prosecute this kind of thing without a confession this long after the fact. Absolutely. Uh, but uh, despite what may or may not have happened with uh, Sanchez's other victims, there was no confession forthcoming from him um, as far as Kathy went. Right. And that's the part where I get a little bit like I've heard told both ways. Like one is like maybe Sanchez, if Sanchez did do it and did kill Kathy, that this is something he's keeping private to himself. Mm. But the other way is like, why would not present him with this? Did you kill her? And he uh, could just say yes. But apparently this was thrown out in front of him at some point. And he said, I didn't kill her. I never, never did that. Oh, okay, so there was an actual denial at one point. It wasn't just, you know, silence. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. He, he's, yeah. He, he pointed, they, I think they asked directly, the investigators, and he said, no, I, I didn't, I never had anything to do with her. So that's like one of those yeah. things, like, you're already caught. You know they got information that you're going to put you into jail for a very long time. And even when you go to jail, you're, you are in prison. Like, like why not? Why not just admit to what what happened? But that's right. the thing. It's like I, you know, it, some people say that maybe he would keep this private to keep this to himself. You know that that's like a power play for him. I, I don't know. Oh, I, I mean, okay. I, like this I is thought, like one yeah. thing he one thing he can control. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I guess that's certainly that's that's possible. I was thinking of it in a, in another sense, like somehow he was keeping it private because this particular murder, you know, meant something more to him. 
I, you know, again, it, it's this is, this is yeah. I mean, because we're we're just we're just speculating because the guys the guys not offering. You know, it just there's just right. there's just nothing there. You know. Yeah, so here it says, Kathy Harold was devastated by her father's death, said her only sibling, uh, Jennifer, who was 19 when her sister was killed. It was hard for all of us, but especially on her, said Jennifer Harold, who spent 15 years in the music industry in Los Angeles after leaving Kenmore. She now helps run a record label in Tucson, Arizona, where she takes care of her ailing mother. She was so young, she said. She was going into puberty. It's a crazy time anyway. And I think this huge hole got ripped into her life. So we, and we talked about this last episode that when uh, Donald Harold, you know, died of his heart attack, you know, that's a huge thing to handle uh, for anybody. And then uh, a young, you know, 14 to 15 year old adolescence that that's, that's extremely difficult to, to handle. Sure. And to process. So uh, it goes on further. It says, after her father's death, Jennifer said her sister seemed lost. She started skipping school, stayed out after curfew, and running with a new crowd of friends. But through therapy and by hanging around with uh, her older sister's friends, Jennifer said, Kathy started coming back to the fun-loving kid she had always been. She dyed her hair like her idol, punk rock singer, Cindy Lauper, and seemed to take up Lopper's theme song, Girls Just Want to Have Fun, her sister said. Jennifer hung out with uh, the Kenmore band Green Jello, and they, along with rock star Mark Freeland, who recently died after a long illness, took her younger sister under their wing. So, again, like we, we touched on these points last uh, episode, and mm-hmm. you know, he had the, she had this great circle of talent that was kind of like trying to help her up and get her to a better place which is really cool and sure. uh and you know just yeah no absolutely it, it's just it's a, uh, it's really it's really tragic and and again you know it just goes to show you uh the power of you know the death of a parent and you know around that age that it, it just it wasn't uh it wasn't enough to keep her from uh from well basically putting herself in harm's way let's say without without making it more than it more than it is so right yeah yeah but uh yeah she was just a good kid said Joey Canizaro a green jello band member who recently returned to town after working in the music industry in Los Angeles but once her dad passed away she kind of started rebelling a little bit being a little tougher but that's what kids do he said we tried like hell to help her canizaro said that's why freeland was really good because he was older. He was the rock star of the town. We were just kids coming up. I think Canizaro's depiction of Mark Freeland is uh, is pretty much dead on. You know, whether whether or not, you know, you liked his music or whatever, uh, he was just, he was known everywhere for being, you know, the, the rock star guy, the creative guy, you know, the artistic guy. Um, when Johnny Thunders came to town, that's who he hung out with. That's why there's on a recording of Thunders from uh, 1985. He mentions uh, Kenmore and all the strange things that uh, that go on there. It was pretty. It was pretty neat. Uh, find that on YouTube. But um, because 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 Freeland was talking to him, mm-hmm. hanging out. You with got him. it. You got it. Yeah. Absolutely. I had I had heard from uh, from uh, another friend of ours. 
that that basically that that Johnny was was really more than more than the uh, the Kathy Harold case. He was much more fascinated by uh, John Justice, which oh, gotcha. you know, hey, I mean, you know, right. yeah, yeah. basically, you know, you know, whatever, uh, whatever, you know, Kenmore uh, story you know, works for you in that respect, but, uh, yeah, whatever craziness that, <laughs> that fascinates you. Right. You know, I um, mean, you know, we're the ones doing the podcast. So yeah, Kathy started taking guitar lessons from Freeland and the, uh, and the day before she died, spent the day with her sister and Freeland as Jennifer moved into a new apartment. When it came time to take a, another load of stuff from her house to the apartment, Jennifer said her sister disappeared. She said to her mother, despite having uh, having grounded Kathy, I had to agree to let her go with some friends to a uh, nearby Mang Park. She was in therapy, and she was really starting to get her act together, which I think is probably why mom let her go out that night, Jennifer said. I thought she was going to Mang Park, and that's where uh, she told her mom that she was going. Detectives said that she was last seen with what they described as a boyfriend around 8 p.m., and the rail crew found her body at 6.30 the following morning. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, no. Um, and, and that's, and that's the thing too, is that, um, you know, the, you would, you would think that this would be an indicator right there. Um, that, you know, they described a boyfriend about 8 PM. Um, however, it just for, for whatever reason, as, as we found out doing, uh, some pretty pretty exhaustive uh, research and, uh, and getting you know different information, but pretty much every guy who ever seemed to have known Kathy was Kathy's boyfriend, and mm-hmm. every girl who uh, had any contact with her at all was her best friend. You know, and this mm-hmm. I mean, we're, and we're numbering more than like ten on on each of those. So, you know, it's, it's not, it's not really as damning as, you know, you might think, you know, in, in, in that respect. So, yeah. And what, what gets me is that, you know, here she's, you know, she's helping her sister move to her new apartment. She took a guitar lessons from Freeland that day. And, you know, then she said she's doing better with her therapy. Uh, her mom lets her cut loose and go to Mang Park, but unfortunately she doesn't go to Mang Park. Right. And unfortunately, we also don't know where she did go, you know, at yeah. all. You know, there's just, just no, uh, no hard, hard evidence anywhere. So, right. Um, well, anyways, uh, police questioned the young man and others, but never had enough evidence to charge anyone. This case was worked very hard by the detectives at the time, said Moline, the cold case detective. No evidence ever turned up. It remained unsolved. Jennifer Harold said she is pleased by the attention Moline is paying to her sister's murder. She said she and her mother were hurt by the insinuations from some police officers at the time that Kathy Harold somehow brought this on herself. I had one cop tell me, your sister shouldn't have been in that area, and she was a bad kid, she said. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, again, I think we've made our point here about this. Uh, but it's, it's absolutely horrific, you know, in the respect that it's not hard enough for this young woman to lose both her father and her sister, but then, yeah, 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 it's, it's just really, really, it it really makes my blood boil to think that somebody could be that insensitive. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. You know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's the kind of thing that I, I know, um, well, I don't want to get all personal, but just you as a dad, you know, like when you, when yeah. you start, you know, empathizing with, you know, like the individuals in, in, in this, in the podcast and whatnot, I know a lot of this really resonates for you. And, uh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Yeah, there's not there's not a point where I don't like kind of project myself into like Kathy's mom's mind or her place when this all happens and the pure sure. horror of everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like it literally probably feels like her life is completely like just disassembling in front of her eyes. You know, she loses her husband. She loses her daughter. I mean, you've, yeah. these are like the foundation blocks of what you build your life towards. And, yeah. you know, the the father dying a heart attack, you know, that's tragic just as it is. You know, just sure. something just, you know, gives gives way, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, genetically or whatever, you know, just it mm-hmm. happens. And then mm-hmm. your daughter's murdered in cold blood. And then police right. officers are just like, you're, she was a bad kid. Like spouting oh, garbage like, at you. Yeah. What? And, what and not solving of... the murder. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. That's not yeah. happening either. I mean, that's, yeah, I was going to say it's, uh, it, it's pretty, it's pretty horrific. And, um, and I can, I can imagine that uh, Jennifer Harold. Uh, you know, you know, obviously she had stated she was taking care of her mother. I believe it was Arizona at, 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 at that time. Um, but you know, it, you gotta, you gotta figure that that's a, that's a, that's, that's a real, that's a real, um, that's a real weight to bear, you know, absolutely real, real way. But, um, um, I'll continue here. It says geez. her mother who lost her husband and daughter in a year's time, got them both uh, through the hardest time of their lives, Jennifer said. Her mother retired in 2000 from Buffalo State and the University at Buffalo Archaeological Survey and moved to Arizona. Uh, Her musician friends also gathered around and helped her uh, stay sane, she said, including Freeland, who wrote Kathy's song to remember this promising young guitar student. Jennifer Harold said that she said she'll never get over having to look at her slain sister in the morgue. I sat across I sat across a table for over twenty years now, looking at a chair where my sister should have been sitting. Jennifer Harold said, "My sister should have been there with me, helping me with mom. My sister should have uh, had hundreds of kids. She uh, she was so great with kids. My sister should have uh, should be there arguing with me about stuff." She was funny, a funny girl. She was smart. She uh, and she really had this potential to be an amazing person. She wasn't mm-hmm. a throwaway kid. She said she wasn't a bad kid. She, she was going through a high school rebellion. Everyone does. So yeah, and this is like we were talking mm-hmm. about this last episode too. It just it just really gets me freaking angry just to think that anybody would have projected this on her and put this garbage on her mm-hmm. that she was a bad person because she got involved with a couple bad apples that and that that right. is nothing to, that is nothing that she, against her and especially being that young oh yeah you don't you don't uh-huh. have a way to figure that shit out at that time and it's oh it really no. gets me mad there isn't a, there isn't a, there isn't a format there isn't like some sort of something you can just plug into you know and in addition i mean i got to say um i was no fan of the heads okay 
But the fact yeah. is, though, is that I'm not going to sit here and act like, you know, every head was somehow capable of murder. You know, there were a lot of just, you know, yeah. great, oh. great people, you know, like all, all through there and stuff. What, what ended up happening is just that was that was her rebellion. It wasn't punk rock. It wasn't, you know, hip hop wasn't really happening at that point yet. But or at least not in 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 Kenmore. In Kenmore. But yeah. uh, but uh, but the folks that she did end up hooking up with, it just it, it happened that there was an individual or individuals who, you know, had the uh, potential for murder. So, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. It's it's a really it's a really lousy combination, honestly. You know, just going through the whole the whole thing, it just it's real it really sucks. And then especially for the fact that this doesn't go anywhere. You know, I um, I don't know how they interviewed Jennifer. You know, if she was uh, if she was you know still in Arizona at that time, or it was visiting at home when this article was written. But you know, again, the very idea that. Uh, you know, hey, you know, we we got them now. You know, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna show you. You know, we we got them this time, and then it's nothing. It just yeah. results to nothing. Yeah, you know, it's, it's yeah. really so, really so horrific. disappointing and so so like like you're un you're unearthing these old awful wounds that were there and giving them false hope that maybe this is it. Right, right, absolutely, and and uh, in the end result. Uh, I think I think we've made this clear. Um, no charges were levied against Altimio Sanchez. The investigation uh, certainly was did not broaden out to encompass any other suspects. You know, no one else was really. I think at least at least publicly was yeah. never discussed as a as a serious uh, possibility for a for a um, for a murderer. Um, but. With that said, uh, we've we've got a, a, just a just a couple of couple of things to talk about here. Um, back <laughs> back in two thousand seven, <laughs> apparently there was an online forum called Topics T O P I X, and I think it was it was basically linked to this uh, this article, and uh, and over the over the course of it. Um, it's uh, unfortunately it's no longer available. I think we still had at the at the old website, Aaron. We had a good number of the the comments and accusations and things along those lines, which which I had picked up from it. Very very little about Altimio Sanchez. You know, a couple of people. It was re- really mostly just a just a way for for people to just get on there and just kind of you know act out. You know, burn in hell. You know, Altimio Sanchez. Right. Yeah. Er- like, early forums. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, back, yeah. It's yeah. Super futile. Nineties you know? in, in the early two thousands. Yeah. Oh yeah. But most notably, at least, the protected individual theory from 1985 comes up again. And I, I think we just we just talked about that last mm-hmm. episode. Um, the one one uh, one individual said this may have nothing to do with Sanchez. According to the info from a reliable source, he the source had <laughs> single handedly figured out this murder and the cops covered it up because one of the killers was the son of a high-ranking local police official. This individual confronted the police, who then swept this under the carpet. So, again, I mean, it's it's funny that even though 
there's there's never been any solid evidence to back up the protected individual theory. Here it is, still cropping up in 2007. You yeah, know, but who's saying. like who's postulating these theories? I mean, it's like this <laughs> is this the source. You know, who is the oh. source? <laughs> you know? No, yeah, we there's there's. Know. There's no uh, <laughs> there's no reliability or validity to uh, to these uh, these uh, these comments. They're just from you know somebody. I think that one came from Avenging Angel. There might have been mm-hmm. a number after it, like Avenging Angel seven one six or something. Anyway, this item, which was questioned by others on the forum but was never followed up on by the author, says. The reason this hasn't been solved is that the three guys involved in her death have all died since then. The cops knew it then and still know it. Again, this isn't something that that we saw today, but the the number three and the three murderers, the three people involved in her death. Uh, What was it in the poem, Aaron? Was it like three... Oh, it was you and me and they make three. It wasn't the cats or the rats. It was just, you know, that 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 piece of it. But the basically, um, you know, and again, this 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 whole thing that there are, you know, three people and in, involved in, in her death. Now, this this uh, individual states that they've all died since then, um, but the cops knew it then and still know it. Of course, all speculation. It goes without saying of the three guys involved in her death. Is 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 a little is a little uh, a little interesting. It's 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 just enough to maybe take it back a little bit and say, okay, well let's let's dig a little deeper. And and the next time that that, that you and I talk about Kathy Harold, which will be a few episodes from now, uh, that's that's one of the things that we're going to be doing is is getting to the heart of the uh, the three murders if they do in fact or did in fact exist. I yeah I gotta say man um, I get really angry to see that the police not handling this the way it should be handled and and I'm not law enforcement you know mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. I'm really completely a civilian and I think to myself why would you talk to a victim's family like that uh, why mm-hmm. would you bring up a case and make it public like that if Mm-hmm. You don't have hard facts on or or you don't have mm-hmm. your evidence verified. Like, why is this going to the press? I mean, maybe this was going to the press because the press kind of like, hey, remember that 1985 murder of that young 15 year old girl? Maybe that was written for that. But sure. this is a well put together article here mm-hmm. for the Buffalo News, connecting a lot of dots and going back and, and finding people to interview. I mean, they didn't just interview, you know, uh, Jennifer Harold. They uh, mm-hmm. uh, interviewed uh, the guy from Green Jello. Yes, um, Joey Canazzaro. Yeah, yeah. yeah and right. and and they interviewed the the police detective. So this is like right. this is some right. some reporter sat down and and did uh, their homework here. Well, some effort was made, and in addition, I gotta say, I mean, this was probably like the best written article. Yes, I agree. I remember reading. You know, from the Buffalo News, you know, I mean, usually it's pretty, it's pretty, you know, I mean, it's, it's, you know, capable, I guess, but, you know, I mean, nothing, nothing more. And this one, there was, there was a real, a real effort was made and uh, to humanize Kathy. 
Oh, yeah, well, yeah, man. You know, I mean, certainly. And 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 the and the funny thing is, Aaron, is that they shouldn't have to. You know what I mean? It's like the humanizing part should have already happened, but for some reason, back in 1985, you know, whatever it was, but it was just not. It just wasn't acknowledged that this was just a a, a hurting little girl yeah. who uh, got uh, had some horrific luck. I mean, yeah. really, some horrific. Horrific luck, you know. And, and the fact that they go in and they stir up this pot that, you know, hopefully was, you know, like, I mean, maybe you never heal from that. But, you know, Jennifer and her mom, you know, can try to move on at some point. I don't know if that's even possible. But, you know, then they bring it back up. And like you said, nothing comes of it with the Sanchez connection. And the whole thing is dropped, and they can't prosecute Sanchez for any of those for for any for anything related to Kathy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're just left holding the bag again. Like, oh, yeah, okay. So we still don't know if the if did Sanchez do it, and you just can't pin it on him, or or what? You know. So, oh right. God, it's it's so frustrating. I and- I just. My heart goes out to them, and obviously my heart breaks for Kathy because it's just sure. it's everything. It's just mm-hmm. like so terribly handled, mm-hmm. so terribly handled by the police and by the press. I mean, mm-hmm. like you said, this article's written at least to humanize Kathy. The past articles sure. in 1985 made her look like she was like you know just a a stupid girl or worse for right. just being out with some friends. Yeah, it just yeah, it was it was essentially again, you know, we had we had said, you know, blaming blaming the victim. But uh what what really what really hits me now is I mean, I you know, I've known you for uh, for a while now and stuff, you know, and, and you're an emotional guy and I know that. But that this is really I mean, yeah, but you know this is being recorded and yet I can I can hear like how upset you are and we can we you know we can we can take this out later if you want to but i mean it's like it's <laughs> it's it's all i mean it's it's really very very meaningful to me that you know again you know it, you when we read through all those articles the short articles from from uh, the last the last podcast and it just there was just it was it was so just so dry and when it wasn't dry it was it was again. It was just really about you know uh, snake land and Satanism, you know, mm-hmm. um, which you know whatever. But it's still. It just. I, I think something that's that's really that you're keying in on, and uh, that I've been noticing this in myself lately, is that when when I wrote the uh, the Return of Snake Land graphic novel, which would have been like. 10 years ago, basically, right. you know, I mean, like it's got to, it got to be around in, around in there. Um, at that point I would have been 40, you know, still relating to the teenagers who were part of the narrative. You know what I mean? Like actually relating more directly to, to Kathy and like someone like myself and, um, like, you know, like, or, or the, or the cool guys we looked up to, you know, like, like, uh, like Freeland and stuff. Right. But right. now it's funny now after such a long time and having so much information for so long, looking at this, I now I can't relate to the story of teenagers. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I can't relate to it in terms of like, oh, man, we all went to, uh, to Snake Land and it was awesome. You know, it's more just along the lines now as I think it is with you, which is just like, oh, my God, my daughter's in there. You know, like, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah, no, and, it's it's it is part of that. That definitely triggers uh, triggers me for that for that reason. I mean, you, you think mm-hmm. about it. It's just like, how could anybody <laughs> process this huge, tragic event and, and still like keep breathing? Yeah, yeah, no, Absolutely. Absolutely. I, uh, I, I hear that. Um, I, uh, I, I don't know if I mentioned this to you earlier. Um, I, uh, the Mrs. Harold mom is, is deceased. So, I mean, of, of the, of that family, you know, specifically, you know, Jennifer is, is the last one. Um, we have not attempted to contact her as part of this, uh, this podcast and we will not because, uh, don't want to be involved in, um, bringing this up to her again. Yeah, she's right. definitely just, been through enough. Yeah. Absolutely. In respect to privacy, and she can live her life however she chooses to live. Right you on. Know, right hopefully on. she can find some kind of peace and happiness, if that's possible, with all this tragedy and sadness. Um, but, yeah, this yeah. is one of those things that uh, I, I read these things, and, you know, we, you and I have been – processing this information like you said maybe not quite 10 years but in that right right yeah and it has it it puts a toll on you when you think about it and it really frustrates you when you think about just how shabbily this was handled you know and it should have been done with more dignity and more respect more kindness um Dude, no, just... no, absolutely, and I it just it's going to bum me out so fucking much if we just end up being yet another stop along the line. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, it's yeah. here's some exploiter guys who like you know like like use this to uh, to I don't know get attention or whatever the fuck. But you know, it's like it's not it's not really it's not about that for me. I know that's not it for you. No, but at the I, same, I could be time, doing a lot of other things with my time. That's for sure. <laughs> Indeed. And I, be- I, I feel that, and I know you feel the same way that this is important. This is a uh, two things. I think it's historical, and mm-hmm. it, it need it should be documented. It should be put out there so people can consume and understand what happened. Because I think people forget. Uh, yeah. It's easy easy to forget. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's there's not besides the articles that you have unearthed and and published on the website. Nobody would be looking for those things. You know? I uh, I think it helps. I hope, yeah. you know, genuinely that it that it does help. So and and the and the other thing is, I sincerely hope that somehow that this podcast finds somebody who knows some information that has some way to communicate with authorities to help bring this thing to a close and just you know, or fuck the authorities. Just get in touch with us. You know, we, 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 list the, uh, we list the, uh, you know, not only the, the website address, but also our, our email at the end of, of every podcast. If any of you, uh, have any information to, uh, to help or, uh, or even just to dissuade us from going in, uh, a certain direction, we would heartily, heartily appreciate it. Okay. Yeah, if you, if you have any information, any ideas or any anything else that you might want to share, just you know, shoot us an email at uh, returnsnakeland at gmail dot com, and we would we would love to hear from you. We'd love to hear what you have to say, and if there's anything that 
bring new light to the situation. And we're, there's more content that we're going to be bringing out uh, with mm-hmm. Kathy and and, mm-hmm. rela- and all the related things as well. It's just uh, there's a lot to unpack. In fact, speaking of unpacking, uh, the next podcast is going to be about the suicides of Kenmore West Senior High School. The Return to Snakeland podcast was created by Aaron O'Brien and Jason Gusman. All music written and performed by Dotson Moon. If you like what you've heard, you can access more Dotson Moon music at dotsonmoon.bandcamp.com. If you have any information as to the 1985 murder of Kathy Harold, please contact us at our email address return to snakeland at gmail.com you can also find us on facebook twitter and instagram if you have an interest in further historic materials from the period or information on the return to snakeland graphic novel please come see us at return to snakeland.com if you would like to contribute in order to ensure the future of this podcast you can find our Patreon at patreon.com front slash return to snake land. Thanks for everything. See you next time. <laughs>